0: Hello and welcome to the Personal Investor Podcast. I'm Ed Monk. Today on the show, we're reacting to the autumn statement, including a big giveaway to workers, some new incentives for business, but some grim news on growth as well. Is any of it enough to shift the momentum in the economy or in the polling ahead of an election year? That is our focus today. If you enjoy the show, please rate us, share us or leave a comment wherever you get your podcasts. The Chancellor promised 110 measures to boost growth when he delivered his autumn statement this week. At the same time, he produced some grim gross numbers showing exactly why those measures are needed. Ahead of his statement, there were rumours flying of a big change to the tax treatment affecting savers and investors. As it turned out, those measures were more modest, although there were some giveaways to grab the headlines. To sift through all of it, I'm joined by Tom Stevenson, Investment Director here at Fidelity. Tom, uh welcome along. Um, now we're going to come on to some of the individual policies that were announced this week in the autumn statement and those growth numbers as well. But first of all, let's talk about the big picture, if we can, Tom, of this autumn statement. No matter what the Chancellor says from the dispatch box, it's always the case, isn't it, that the numbers and the tables hidden within those Treasury plans, they're what tell us the real story, don't they? And, well, what story do they tell us? Was the Chancellor giving uh, or was he giving this week or was he taking away when he gave his autumn statement?
1: Well, I think uh, he he was giving. Um, uh, in the short term, I mean, you know, uh, what, he, what he discovered uh, before the, the autumn statement was that he had a bit more wriggle room than, than he expected. And it, it, in a way, you can characterize him as a, as a bit of a lucky chancellor. And, and his luck has come in the form of higher, higher inflation. And the, um, the, the impact of higher inflation is that it inflates um, the tax revenues that the government um, has to play with. And uh, it can then decide what to do with those. And, and, and in practice, what's happened is that the, the government has chosen uh, not to inflate uh, departmental spending uh, at the same level. And that's created a gap between revenues uh, and spending. And, the, and, that, and that has given the chance of the opportunity to, to, to appear to be generous uh, with that money. And, and as it turns out, he's, he's managed to spend about 20 billion uh, pounds. Uh, effectively giving things away. Um, but the reality is we need to see this in the context of uh, the longer term picture for the, uh, for the government finances. Um, and, and that is that, um, that the overall tax spend, the overall tax take uh, from this government is higher than it has been since the Second World War um something like 38 percent uh of uh of, of of the economy is 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 government is government spending now and that that has not been higher uh, at any point since the war
0: indeed indeed and um yeah i think that's going to be a recurring issue isn't it in the in the months ahead given what we expect to happen in terms of elections and all the rest of it um but i was interested in that figure that 20 it's about 20 21 billion wasn't it which is uh that's the net figure that the government effectively is going to lose because of the policies it announced this week. So effectively a giveaway. And to give that some context, um, a little over a year ago, when we had uh, the 2022 growth plan, which of course is the official name for the uh, Liz Trust mini budget, um, that that statement was giving away something like £45 billion. Um, So that I think probably tells you more about that statement last year and how sort of big and significant and arguably reckless it was. Um, and if you want another point of comparison, the autumn statement this time uh, consisted of about 120 pages of detail. And the growth plan last year uh, consisted of about 42 pages. So twice as much was given away last year. And there was about a third as much explanation as to what was going on with it. So uh, make that make of that what you will, Tom. Um, but in terms of this, this time around, we had this 20 billion ish of of giveaway. And actually, when you break it down, you look into the numbers, really, that's accounted for by two big policies, uh, wasn't it? I mean, there were lots of other things going on as well. But those other changes were smaller, and they were broadly cost neutral when you netted it all out. Um, It's two big policies, which are costing the government, one aimed at individuals and one aimed at Business. So let's take them in turn, shall we, Tom? Uh we had a big change to national insurance affecting workers, didn't we?
1: Yeah, and and, and the context here is important. I mean, we have to realise that uh the next general election has to be held uh by January 2025. I think uh, you know, there were hints in the timing of, of the various measures that were announced yesterday that we're that we are now looking at a at a spring uh general election. So the chancellor is under a lot of pressure, um, given the, the the state of the, the current state of the polls, which which shows the Conservatives trailing behind uh, Labour by a by a very significant margin. So the chancellor was under a lot of pressure to 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 find some uh, some some giveaways um, in this in this autumn statement, and the one that he alighted on uh was a cut in national insurance contribution. So it was a bit bigger than 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 maybe people expected. It's a two percentage point uh cut in uh in the national insurance uh rate which uh for earnings between about twelve and a half thousand and just over fifty thousand uh amounts to uh twelve percent uh and he's cutting it to ten to percent so for for anyone at the top end of that band so anyone earning 50,000 that's worth about 750 pounds a year obviously it's worth less to people um who are who are earning less but it's a pretty it's a pretty significant um it's a pretty significant giveaway and and that accounts for just under half the 20 billion that we've been talking about
0: yeah indeed and 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 there were sort of um accompanying changes to national insurance for self-employed people as well actually when it, he, he announced those first in the speech and you could kind of tell something was up um, they seemed quite generous, and so yeah, I was sort of secretly expecting him then to go on and say something around income taxes for 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 workers generally. After that, um, and yeah, as you say, I mean that's a, it's a big tax cut, isn't it? I mean, if you think if, you know anyone over or earning over fifty something thousand pounds, seven hundred and fifty pounds back a year—that's a that's a that's a fair old chunk. I think the average worker um we'll get about 450 pounds i think as a result of this change. So um, certainly eye catching and certainly you know in years gone by uh, a 2p off national insurance would be very very big news. However, that is not the only thing that's going on in terms of the system for for taxes on income is it because previously announced changes um were well less generous in fact they were they were quite punitive. So let's let's spend some time examining those is this actually going to leave people better off once you account for all the changes happening to income tax
1: no absolutely and 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 the and and the change that you are alluding to is uh the the freezing in income tax thresholds which are uh scheduled to continue until 2028 and 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 this might sound like a sort of benign, uh, change, you know, the 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 the, the, the It's threshold. a freeze.
0: Yes, nothing's changing. It's yeah, a
1: freeze. It's- exactly. It's it's no different, you know, and and it, and it's a ruse which is used by 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 governments because uh, it, it enables them to uh, effectively gather more tax without actually having to put tax rates up so they they get away without the without the negative headlines uh, but they still generate lots of, and we're talking we're talking about big big figures here we're talking sort of 40 to 50 uh, billion pounds uh, a year by 2028 so this is a not insignificant amount of um money and this is the context in which you have to look at this 2 percentage point cut in in the national insurance uh rate because for many people and it's very difficult to generalize about this because uh, you know, there are so many variables here. It depends, you know, the rate at which you get pay rises. It depends where you are in that in that spectrum, because if you are, you know, if you're at the, if you're at the lower end of, of earnings and there's no danger realistically of you um, tipping over into the higher rate tax band, then obviously, you know, the national insurance cut. Is a is a is a is a benefit, um, but if you're up towards the top end and you are likely within the next five years to tip over into that higher rate tax uh, rate, then it's entirely possible that the benefit that you get from the national insurance cut is wiped out, um, uh, and more so um, by tipping over into a forty percent tax rate instead of a twenty percent tax rate. Yeah, in- indeed, as you say, it is quite difficult to disaggregate
0: it all. But I mean, the, what we can say uh, for sure is that. Where where this change uh, or this lack of a change you could say makes the government money is that there are more earnings which fall into higher tax bands and that's you know if you if you assume that your wages will rise which they tend they tend to do it just means that there'll be more wages falling into higher rates of tax and as you say I mean really significant numbers because again to give the context. Uh, the, the 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 money that that change raises is more than double the giveaway that we've just had this week, and and, and that's just one simple
1: sort of income tax policy change. So uh, yeah, absolutely, and and you know what we're not we're not talking about you know small numbers of people. This is millions more people now are. Um, well, millions, millions more paying tax at all and millions more paying higher rate tax rather than, than basic rate tax. And the situation we find ourselves in now is that many, many workers who would not consider themselves to be particularly wealthy are now uh, deemed to be uh, wealthy by the tax system. And, um, you know, this is something which has, which has, you know, it has attracted some commentary, but not as much as you would have expected given the given the importance of it.
0: No indeed and it's, it's probably the reason why also that you know the Chancellor I mean he may have been expecting the uh, the cut in, in National Insurance to be his sort of his big moment as Chancellor right I mean th- this is the sort of thing that Chancellors dream of it's the kind of it's the Chancellor of the Exchequer version of of scoring a goal in the FA Cup final I think it's, <laughs> it's like they all dream that it, they can do it they can cut a penny off income tax or National Insurance and everyone behind them cheers and um, and that's the TV clip that will be played for years and years to come but in this case um there's a lot of this is a this is a bit of a sort of a scru- a scruffed uh a scuffed shot you know v a r check you know it's like it's it's yeah. not the kind of glory moment uh and it's because really i think everyone understands that uh it's a this fudge.
1: Is, it is it's it, a fudge it is yeah. a fudge yeah and 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 it is a bit of an illusion and it also counts on um uh departmental spending effectively cuts Again, freezes that um, that are effectively real terms cuts. It, it depends on that actually being achievable. And if it, essentially what what the chancellor is doing is he's handing the problem on to uh, his successors, um, and chances are those successors will be will not be in in his party. They'll be they'll be uh, on the other side of the uh, on the other side of the house. Um, yeah. So a bit of a bit of a fudge
0: but uh, yeah as you say because you know we we wouldn't normally dwell on politics that much on the podcast but i think it's relevant given that we do expect an election a lot of these um fiscal policies are are being made in that in that context um but yeah with with these with these thresholds frozen it's going to be a very difficult decision to reverse that isn't it because um you probably won't get any huge credit for it it'll just be like well yeah sure that's what what should happen but it will be as we're finding incredibly costly to the government to actually do it and difficult to do yeah
1: um yeah as you say storing so, up so the, the, the chances future. are the chances are that that, that that whoever is in power um from from next year will will not reverse these so these so you know it, it does imply you know a, a tight uh a tight situation for for um For spending, Um, and and indeed, you know, I I think that you know we we do face the reality of 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 higher taxes and lower spending uh, in Mm. the years ahead. Yeah, indeed. And and
0: finally, on this NI change, uh, Tom, um, there might be some listeners here wondering what happens if you're going to cut national insurance on the one hand. What happens to funding for other state benefits, including, of course, the state pension? Given that uh, that is what the National Insurance Fund is supposed to be there for. And given that the state pension, as we found out yesterday, is gonna rise according to the triple lock by 8.5% next year, which is a very big and very costly rise. Um, I, I guess it's just underlined, if it hadn't already been underlined, that in reality, funding for the state pension doesn't really have very much to do with national insurance.
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, the state pension is rising for the second year running by a very substantial uh, amount. I mean, it was ten percent in the in the previous year, um, and so the the, the state pension uh, now goes up to about two hundred and twenty pounds a week, a little bit over. Um, uh, so it's it's a it's a very significant rise in the state pension, and as you say, it it just goes to show that that. Um, National insurance is only nominally uh, anything to do with the state pension. The reality of national insurance is that it is uh, just part of the overall income tax um, framework. Uh, and so effectively, for, for anyone earning up to 50, that were roughly £50,000 a year, um, their uh, their effective tax rate is is 32% falling to 30% next year. Okay, okay. Um, let's move on then, Tom, to the other big tax giveaway.
0: Um More obscure, certainly, but actually worth more in terms of uh, lost revenue to the government, according to its figures, at least. Um, And it was the decision to make permanent full expenses, full expensing, I should say, of capital allowances for businesses. Now, I don't know what that means, Tom. Um So c- can you explain it? Because it's a, apparently a significant. Yeah.
1: Change. Well, I mean, the the it's designed to encourage um, more investment uh, by by businesses, uh, and effectively what it what it allows companies to do uh, is to offset the amount of money that they spend on IT equipment and other plants and machinery um, in the year in which they make the. The investment. So um, uh, previously, you would have had to um, uh, amortise that over several years uh, in in the future, and that that's that's difficult for a company because effectively you have the cash flow hit in the year that you make the uh, that you make the expenditure. Um, but um, but it but it but it doesn't hit your profit and loss account in in the year that you make the, the 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 expenditure, and so therefore your tax bill is higher. So it affects the cash flow of companies, and of course, cash flow is the is the lifeblood uh, of a company. So what this does is, a, at the margin, it would encourage. Companies to spend more, and in theory, that will give a boost to the productivity of the company of the country. And that is, as we you know, as we hear frequently, that is a that's an ongoing problem for the for the British economy. So I think it's a good thing. I think I think it is a good thing. And actually, you know, compared to the National Insurance cut, which is you know effectively a a, a political politically motivated um, uh, gimmick, if you like, giveaway. This I think is actually a really sensible. Um, Long term uh, boost to the productivity of the country, which is a good thing. Trying
0: to, to get my head around it this morning, reading around it, um, it, it seemed like there, there had been this, this uh, uh, temporary um, allowance for, for, for capital spending in, and to be used in the way you talk about. But, but businesses apparently have been saying, well, look, we, the uh, investment decisions, they can take actually multiple years to, to effectively be enacted. And we didn't want to spend whilst fearing that in the future that. That would be uh, reversed. This this full expensing of capital allowances. So the government sort of acknowledged that and said, "Well, actually, yeah, let's make it permanent so you can have certainty about these decisions."
1: Yes, and and the, I think the big question that arises then is is exactly how much is this worth? Because it, it, it's it's possible that um, that a number of companies brought forward decisions to take advantage of the of the the temporary um, uh, introduction of this uh, expensing um uh and actually the amount that it will cost the government in future years may well be less than 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 their than they're saying but uh, you know who knows I mean I think in poor terms though you know we should we should give credit where credit is due and this is a this is a good move yeah
0: indeed well um, there was uh, definitely a motivation for boosting business investment because when you look at the growth figures announced yesterday by the chancellor tom um they they made for grim reading I said it at the top. Uh, that perhaps is a, a maybe the the real story when it comes to this autumn statement in terms of what it's telling us about the economy.
1: Yes, I think so. I mean, if you you look at the, I mean, what, what always happens is the chancellor rattles off a a, a load of figures uh, very quickly. Um, and um, but actually, when you when you look at the growth figures which are being projected for the next five years. Um, They are extremely low. I mean, the next couple of years, the the growth in the UK economy is expected to be less than than 1%. And indeed, at no point in the next uh, five or six years does it get above 2%. Um, So historically, that is that is a a very low uh, rate. And ultimately, it's the growth in the economy which which funds the government's ability to 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 spend. Um, and, uh, and therefore determines the level of public services which we, have a, we as a country uh, enjoy. So, you know, the, the big challenge, and I don't think that this autumn statement really goes very far to addressing it, albeit, you know, in the context of what I've just said about the, uh, about the business tax change, I think that's a positive, uh, but I don't think it goes very far to really addressing the growth and the productivity challenge which we continue to face in this country.
0: Indeed and actually you know those 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 sort of revised down um growth forecasts perhaps um explain the sort of why the market didn't react very much yesterday the pound or the or the or the bond market um we you know this chancellor the the whole context of him getting the job as chancellor was that we'd had a statement last year that was incre- received incredibly badly by markets because they saw it as inflationary at a time when the UK is really struggling to keep inflation under control. They just assumed that they would uh, these big tax cuts, unfunded tax cuts, would make it harder for the Bank of England to get uh, price rises under control. And there was a huge ruction in the in the financial markets. Now, yesterday there were also big tax cuts, weren't they? I mean, the, the National Insurance uh, cut will just simply leave more money in people's pockets. That's effectively more demand in the economy. It's going to do that from January. That's potentially inflationary. But the markets didn't particularly react. And maybe part of the reason is that they saw growth being lower. That's disinflationary. That's, that's suggesting that the Bank of England is not going to have to necessarily keep rates high. Um, and so they were sanguine about the tax cuts that did come.
1: They were. There wasn't really much um, change in, um, in bond yields, which is where this would show up uh, normally. If, if, if investors were concerned about the inflationary impact of the measures, such as the national insurance cut, uh, and you're right on the face of it. It is an inflationary uh, impulse giving giving everyone, you know, a few hundred pounds uh, over the course of uh, of a year um, is, is on the face of it, something that would boost demand and boost it boost inflation. But I think the overall context in which we're looking at that is of uh, many years of sluggish growth uh, ahead of us and I think you're right it's the it's the balance of those two which which really left left the market um, you know unchanged. Indeed indeed well let's
0: um, rattle through then the rest of the changes Tom before we run out of time Um, there were some changes actually to ISAs now um, we had been expecting some perhaps more dramatic changes they didn't really happen but there were some technical things that did so uh, what were they?
1: Yeah, so I mean, these were uh, these were hidden away in 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 the red book, uh, the the official document that accompanies the uh, the the autumn statement. They weren't actually mentioned by the chancellor in his speech, um, but they they are you know of of some importance to ISA savers. So I- effectively, you will um, be able to uh, to contribute to uh, an ISA. From more than one provider in a given in a given tax year, and that was not allowed before, and that 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 creates some more flexibility um, uh, for people to to move around and uh, and and effectively to 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 vote with their feet. So, it, you know, it should you know sharpen the minds of providers in terms of the the rates that they offer so i think you know it, it's it's broadly speaking a, a good um, a, a good move but more generally we were expecting that well there was speculation about a number of other measures the great british isa to encourage investment in british companies uh was not was not mentioned there were no changes to the lifetime isa regime and i think there's a there's a good argument for for why why that would be that there's merit in in doing that that didn't that didn't come up so no there was a lot less uh, uh than i think maybe people hoped for in the in the isa framework
0: and and that changed to allow uh you to open more than one isa of the same type from different providers in the same year um it, yeah it does sound technical but uh or or, or sort of uh, a little arcane but i guess that will affect people in particular who have cash ISAs or who want to use their ICE allowance to to open cash ISAs because it means that in a period when rates are changing very quickly, you don't have to necessarily commit all your all your money to one provider on one rate. You can then open another one somewhere else and it does, as you say, encourage that uh, competition. Um, and that there was a, a, another change, was there not around uh, allowing fractional shares inside ISAs. This has been something that's been... Um, Rumbling on in the uh, in the in the financial industry.
1: Yeah, so this has been a bit of a bone of uh, contention. So what what fractional shares are is is a mechanism for allowing uh, people to invest in in a share which might have a very high price, and this is particularly the case with some uh, uh, US uh, listed shares. Sometimes they have you know a price of two or two or three hundred dollars or more, um, and so uh, fractional shares allow you to as the name suggests, own a fraction uh, of a share. But the problem was that the the rules around ISAs were a bit unclear about this, because the, the ISA rules were actually developed before fractional shares became a thing. Uh, so they didn't t- mention them explicitly. So I think this clarifies that situation and, and means that people will now be able to hold these fractional shares within their ISA.
0: Okay. And finally, then, Tom, in terms of uh, ISAs, we had this um, I- expansion of, of the assets that can be held in ISAs, in particular uh, sort of long-term illiquid assets. It's sort of unclear what the demand for this will be, but it's something new potentially that you can hold inside an ISA.
1: Yeah, so these are illiquid assets like um, uh, some property funds or um, uh, private private equity uh, assets. So so this is a this is a an expansion of the remit of the so-called innovative ISA, which was uh which was set up to to allow investors to hold peer-to-peer uh loans uh within within the ISA. It wasn't really actually very, very, very popular. The take up was not not great. So I think that broadening the remit of, of where people can invest is is a good thing. But as you say, it remains unclear as to what the demand for these types of assets uh, would be and indeed you know it, it's fair to say that it is it is currently possible for for investors to invest in these types of uh, assets um through through investment trusts you know many of you know and and the investment trust structure is well suited to to investing in these um more illiquid more illiquid assets so you know in some ways you might question you know what this really changes uh for someone who is who is keen to invest in those types of assets yeah indeed they could, they could have kind of done it done it already but uh, through a different uh,
0: avenue perhaps um okay tom right the last thing i just wanted to spend some time on this week in terms of the autumn statement was uh well some rather ominous words that the chancellor had around benefits ominous at least ominous at least if you are on benefits he said that the government would be redrawing the assessments that happen when it decides whether someone can work and therefore whether they can claim benefits. He said that those assessments would take account of um, someone's ability to work, not just in general, but to work in from the home as well. Um, now, that, of course, might sound reasonable because we're all working from home a lot more these days. Uh, well, many of us are at least. Um, but when you look into the documents, you see that that change alone, which is, sounds innocuous, simply redrawing the assessments, it's going to raise uh, one and a quarter billion pounds. Um, by the end of the forecast period I mean that's money that now won't be paid to uh, benefits or or people claiming benefits it's a tough line isn't it Tom on benefits going into an election year Um, we should probably expect that to be something that uh, dominates the political discussion in the next few months
1: yes and uh, and you've done well to uh, to 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 look into the tables at the back of that red book to find that figure, because you know often the way something is presented uh, by by the chancellor is a, is as a sort of you know common sense. Uh, well, you know if you're not if you're not going to look for work, then we're going to we're going to make you look for work type of thing, which which is politically uh, uh, appealing um, in, in in especially in the in the months running up to an election. But as you say. You know there is an actual cost here. This is this is one and a quarter billion pounds that that, that won't be paid to people who are currently uh, currently receiving it. Uh, so yeah, I mean this is you know we're in the run up to an election and uh, these are the kinds of these are the kinds of messages which are going to shape the the uh, the discussion uh, over the next uh, well let's say it's probably the next six months before we before we go to the polls.
0: Yeah, and I think what people should expect is for the government to to take measures like that. Um, and maybe even like the the cut to national insurance as well, and to sort of throw those at at Labour, which of course you know is ahead in the polls and and uh, on current thinking is expected to form the next government. And say, well, what what are you going to do? Are you going to continue this? Are you going to are you going to reverse these uh, these crackdowns on on benefits? Because the Labour Party, which has been very very anxious not to sort of live up to its reputation for being a, a bit of a spendthrift. When it when it reaches government and raising borrowing and all the rest of it, it's very conscious of that criticism, and so they've 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 sort of matched the 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 tax rises and the and the spending cuts that the government has been making, or at least they haven't sort of committed to reversing them. That's going to be their challenge, isn't it? As we get closer to an election.
1: Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's how politics works. I mean, in the run-up to an election, there is, all, there is always an element of, uh, of leaving, leaving booby traps for the other side, and, and, and they will be very careful not to walk into those traps.
0: OK, well, Tom, we've covered loads and loads of ground, so um, let's leave it there for now. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, Ed.
1: You've been listening to The Money Talk Podcast. Check fidelity.co.uk for daily written updates and articles on these and other topics from across Fidelity in the UK. And subscribe via iTunes to get the podcast downloaded direct to your devices every week.
0: Overseas investments will be affected by movements in currency exchange rates, and investments in emerging markets can be more volatile than other more developed markets. Reference to the specific securities should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell these securities, and is included for the purposes of illustration only. Tax treatment depends on individual circumstances, and all tax rules may change in the future. Withdrawals from a pension product may not be possible until you reach age 55, 57 from 2028. This podcast may not be reproduced or circulated without prior permission. No statements or representations made in this podcast are legally binding on fidelity or the recipient. This podcast is meant only for UK residents and does not constitute an offer or a solicitation in any jurisdiction in which it may be unlawful to make such an offer or solicitation.